0: Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful, this is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev, Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer and founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. Dr. Sean Michael Greener.
1: Hey all, how you doing? Good to see you. It seemed like I was just talking to a bunch of you on the Facebook. Oh, hey, I forgot. I got to open up chat. Hold on one second here. I always forget that. No, I don't always forget that. That's not true. I forget it sometimes. Sometimes I forget it and I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. That's how our Canadians, Canadian friends say it. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Anyway, not that that's important, but welcome. Chat is now open. Thank you. You're welcome. Amen. So uh, we were just on the Facebook Live. By the way, if you're wondering what you've reached, you have reached the Ninja Pastor at the Ninja Pastor. Uh, Dot, you know it's it's uh, the dot and we're on blogtalkradio.com backslash the ninja pastor and we're on LinkedIn and we're on Twitter at the ninja it's, it's it's all the same thing the ninja pastor you get that right uh, so anyway so yeah here we are good to see y'all uh, I am the ninja pastor Reverend Doctor Sean Michael Greener uh, kind of doing things a little differently today um, and we're glad to do it we're glad to do, we're glad to do it We're glad to do it. It was a really nice lady. Um, I won't say her name uh, because her family listens, but I used to love her voice. Uh, I lived somewhere else. I lived a bunch of other places. I've been running from the
0: law for a long
1: time. And uh, (laughs) somebody somebody just said, you ain't right, Pastor. Well, anyway, the point isn't whether I'm right in the head or not. Uh, the point is that, uh, hey, thank you all for listening. Everybody, even my love wife, I appreciate that. Appreciate you listening, checking everything out. Oh, uh, I'm getting a bunch of questions about the Helo LX. What does that stand for? It stands for Health Oracle, some kind of Health Oracle thing. I'm not exactly sure what all the stuff is, but it is awesome. It is just flipping awesome. I can't even believe it. Anyway, say, listen. Here's what we're doing. So you still have time to get this to me. Uh, we got a bunch of people that have sent questions. Uh, I don't usually do this. I, this is not something I do. I can usually get on here and prattle on for, you know, forever time. Uh, we, uh, we have proven that I do a two hour show and I always, you know what the funny thing is, is <laughs> I never really, really think that, um, I have enough material. Sometimes I'm going to be real honest with you right now. Y'all will know. Uh, Sometimes I'm not absolutely positive that uh, I'm going to do a show. And (laughs) I know I shouldn't tell you people stuff like that. By the way, thanks to Deidre Foster for sharing. We really, really appreciate it. I'm clicking on love, clicking on a heart for you sharing my show today. That's awesome. the the link. Uh, thank you for being on the video. And I really, really do appreciate that. And, uh, so anyway, so a lot of times, you know, I just don't know, you know, sometimes I wonder, should I even be doing this thing? Is anybody, is there any blessing for anybody else coming out of this? By the way, let me interrupt myself to interrupt myself. Um, I want you all to pray. A bunch of you are praying with me for my friend, Carson Sellers and the Sellers family. A bunch of people are following, uh, Bryn Sellers, a friend of mine. She's uh, Carson's uh, mom and with beautiful children there, three beautiful children. Wonderful, wonderful. But Carson's very, very sick, been very, very sick for a long time. And uh, we're just praying for answers. He had a pretty major deal uh, done, uh, I think it was last week. And so we're really praying that that gives him some relief. He's just a neat kid. They're neat people, just straight up neat people. They're, they're good, interesting, fun, smart people, all of them, the whole family is. And uh, I'm privileged to know them. Uh, One of my very best friends of all time, uh, Jerry from Pennsylvania. You know him radio-wise as Jerry from Pennsylvania. Uh, Jerry is their granddad. And so he really needs your prayers if you'd be willing to share some prayers. And by the way, while we're on the the subject of praying, I'll try not to get choked up here. My good friend since kindergarten, uh, Eric, uh, I'll just say his first name. Uh, He needs your prayers. Really, 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 really needs your prayers. Super need your prayers right now. So uh, Eric is fighting multiple myeloma and uh, it's a tough, tough battle right now. And so if you just think of Eric, pray uh, Eric from Sussex County, Sean's friend, Eric, however you want to put it, God knows who he is. My buddy, Chris out in, uh, out in Minnesota, Chris Kahalen, you guys have heard a story. He's actually been on the show and uh, please continue uh, praying for Chris Kahalen in, uh, in the throes of, of fighting pancreas cancer and a great family, really, really awesome family. I love them to death. And uh, please, if you would continue praying for my friend Don and Don's fighting multiple myeloma as well. So I hate cancer. You guys know I hate cancer. I hate all that stuff, man. One day uh, when the Lord returns, uh, it, he he will take a swipe and uh, all that stuff will be gone and we will be perfected in his presence. And that, that I will just tell you will be awesome. It'll just be awesome. So God bless them and their families. You know, any, any of you who have gone through a really, really tough time, uh, you really, you know what it's like. And, uh, I really, I want you all to know that we're sensitive to that. And, um, we really, it's tough, man. It's tough. You get in a situation and, and, uh, health wise, something comes out of nowhere. Uh, I, I have a good friend of mine who was just in a, a serious car crash and he, he sent me a message and said, man, I really know what you're talking about now. He said, I just, I'd never had anything bad happen to me and now it did. So anyway, so you've reached the collision of faith and politics. Uh, I am the Ninja pastor and my name is Sean Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. And as I mentioned on the Facebook live video, which of course, um, I'm always, uh, I'm always eager. Let's see here. Okay, folks are sending me messages and they want to know, is it, is it hot where you are? Yes, it is hot where I am. It's very hot. It's like 90 something for show, for show and for real, for show and for real. By the way, if you have our, uh, the way to text me, uh, you know how to do that. Send me a message. Let me know where you are, how you're doing. What's going on in your life? And if you have a question, uh, a question that you have that you want me to cover, a topic you want me to cover, uh, anything like that, something you're curious about, you'd like to see what I think about it. It can be anything. It can be any topic. And I will talk about it on today's show don't wait until at the end of the show and go you know what i was thinking i, I was just thinking the other day uh and, and i'm glad you said something about that on that show where you're going to talk about topics that people want to cover because now that i think about it i do have a topic i'd like you to talk about you know don't wait for that that's it's too late it's too late if after the show you know if you send it to me like with four minutes to seven right that's the the closing music so <laughs> don't, don't wait that long. Don't wait that long. And like I say, it can be controversial questions too. Uh, we already have some in, by the way, I don't want you to think that you, we, the folks haven't sent it to us. we got some really smart questions, really, really super smart questions, but what they are is they're real questions from real people about real topics. And, uh, we're going to answer them openly and honestly and directly, and we're going to do it without any sort of political correctness. So as I often forget, remember to follow me at the Ninja Pastor if you're on the Twitter, Facebook, uh, Facebook.com backslash S.M. Greener and backslash The Ninja Pastor. I'm on LinkedIn too, by the way, and uh, so we are we're super excited to connect with you there. And uh, I just cut, I think, right around 211 friends today. So I think we're, and then I added back some, but I didn't add back all of them. So, uh, maybe if you follow me on social media, but you're not my friend on Facebook and you send me a question today, i tell you what I'll do. I will, uh, I will friend you and you will get absolutely nothing for that. It will be worth nothing, but you'll get to see my photography. By the way, there's a, a, uh, there's a, a photo on my cover. I guess I called a cover photo. Really. It's crazy how this took off. I just clicked a picture the other day. I was, I was getting ready to walk into my house and, and, uh, something told me turn around and I turned around and there was this amazing sky behind me. And so I just walked over and, and I grabbed my camera real quick. I walked over and I clicked a couple of pictures of it, photographs of it. And, um, it's there on my cover page and I'd love for you to see it and comment if you will. I just really, I love photography. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm addicted. I like to go out. I like, I like hunting. I like to be out in the wilderness. I like to look at animals. I like to, uh, people say, well, if you love them so much, why do you kill them? Well, I eat. I only eat the tasty ones. And uh, the only other thing, too, is is that's kind of how we were designed, just so you know. And so maybe we'll do a show about hunting sometime. My son told me, he said, Dad, why don't you do a show about hunting? People don't know anything about hunting. You should do a show about hunting and, uh, and understanding the, uh, you know, what the deal is there. So, you know, hey, what are we going to do? Anyway. So we want to say hello to our Gold Star families. God bless you people. We love you. Uh, we're so sorry uh, for the great loss and the great sacrifice that you've made. We're ever thankful for that, for our country. And, and if you don't know what a Gold Star family uh, is, it's, it's, and you've probably, now that you think about it, you've probably seen that little banner. Uh, sometimes they'll have a, a, a blue star, and then uh, sometimes there's a there's a gold one, and that means the gold one means that they've uh, they've they've lost a, a, a child or a family, a close family member, in combat, been killed in uh, killed in action. So, uh, and those people, you know, a lot of times. By the way, if you know a gold star person, now that you're thinking about it, uh, somebody, anybody, really, that's had a terrible loss, but specifically gold star, have them get a hold of me through Facebook or. Twitter direct message, or sending me an email at smgreener at gmail.com. Now I get about 28 to 29,000 emails a week. So email's probably not the best because I don't, I don't really see it. But if you, I'll tell you where the best way is. If you go through, uh, the pastor.com, the pastor.com or drseangreener.com, either one doesn't matter. Uh, if you go to that and you click on the contact me and you tell me, you know, Hey, I'm a, I am a gold star parent, gold star uh, wife gold star mom uh whatever whatever gold star dad, whatever you are gold star sister even. Um, and you let you let me know that or or let's say you know somebody I will send you my ebook uh, and no charge to you and I'd be glad to do it We're working on one for suicide and uh I tell you suicide's a uh it, it's tough. By the way, thank you for the sound check for the listeners out there. Sending me messages, let me know that the sound is good. I always appreciate that. I really, really do. And and um, it, it's interesting to me. It, it it is very interesting to me. Suicide. You know, we don't know what goes through people's minds. I saw somebody today, and I said, "Wow, boy, that person is really troubled. They're really, they're really upset. Uh, they're they're very, very upset. You could see that they were. Uh, it was it was dominating." Their physical presence—if you know what I'm saying—it's—it was dominating, you know. It was obvious to see if—if you—if you know his physical presentation, it was manifesting itself, you know. And we don't even know—we don't know what was wrong, but what we do know is that holy moly, you've—you've uh, you've got a situation where you don't know what people are going through. You really don't, and—and and none of us can know. Inside other people's hearts, you know what I'm saying. Another, we we can't see inside their, uh, we can't see inside their, their minds. But as to my uh, the the uh, ebook on suicide, what I'm writing now is for family members who are left behind after a family member commits suicide. How to deal with it? Dealing with the grief. It's a very unique grief. It's also a very unique grief for Gold Star families because a lot of times you don't have answers. Sometimes when someone um, takes their own life. They'll they'll leave a, a, a note, or and it, and most of the time it's not out of the blue. They'll you'll know that they're struggling with depression or or drug addiction or alcoholism or uh, you know a, a, a terminal illness. I, I handled a case uh, one time when I was a police officer many many years ago, and they uh, the dear family left behind. The mother uh, had died of cancer, and it was a long, terrible, terrible, terrible thing, and. Um, the the uh the father came home and went down to his workshop down in the basement. He told his kids and some other family he said, Listen, I need some time by myself. I need to uh I need just have some time by myself. So if you if you would be so kind, please just give me some space. So he went downstairs and what the family didn't know is that he too had been diagnosed with terminal cancer. And he just wanted to see her through and he went downstairs and he and he actually took his own life downstairs. And, uh, tough man, really tough on the family. They had just literally just buried their mom from a long battle of cancer and now with cancer and, and now they have to deal with this. Well, uh, he, he, he did. And I was the first person to read the letter cause I found him and found the letter. Um, you know, a lot of questions were answered in that, but gold star families, a lot of times, you know, especially, uh, top secret operations, classified stuff and battle. A lot of times you just don't know, you don't know what happened. And if there's any controversy in the situation, you really don't know what happened. You really don't know. Um, And so it's one of those things that you, you're left with all these questions and you just, it's very difficult to move on. Uh, And you're stuck in that kind of back and forth to figure out, well, goodness, what, you know, what do I do here? What, what do I do here? You know, how do I figure out how to work through this? How do I figure out, um, you know, what's, what's happening here? Why did this happen in my life? You know, uh, it's a tough thing, honestly. It really, really is. And, and I feel uh, deeply for you folks, but what I'm learning uh, from a lot of other people uh, that, that I'm interacting with is that they, man, they're, they, they're, this whole suicide thing is just crushing them. And, and we're also uh, concurrently working on a um, ebook specifically for folks dying in this drug scourge that's going on. Uh, People dropping dead left and right, you know, uh, these hard drugs that that people are, you know, heroin and that. And so um, I'm writing one about that should be finished in a little while. And uh, once it's ready, we'll, we'll put it out there and make it available to you. Um. I want to say hello to our active duty military because, um, you know, it's a, it's, you, you spend a lot of time, you spend a lot of time away from your families. I don't think people really realize how much time you spend away from your family. You spend a lot of time away from your families. And I have to tell you, super tough. It is super tough. You spend a lot of time away from your families. You're, you're, uh, I guess I'll put it this way. I, I would really say, I, I put it this way. You spend time away from your families and your families, even your families don't really know what you're doing, what you're up to. Uh, a lot of times they can't, but a lot of times friends of military people, they don't have a, a, a real clear view of what your time is like as an active duty military person. Uh, they just, they just don't know, especially if you're, you know, uh, you're in a combat situation, they just don't know. And it's, it's probably most of the time it's for the best. And also a big shout out to our veterans. We have a lot of veterans, a lot of active duty military all around the world. Hello, shout out to Germany. Good, uh, good to see you listening. Thank you so much. Some military folks there in both the air force and the army. Uh, we're real pleased for you to join. I'm proud that you would join us. By the way, I'm super excited to tell you uh, we have a a new partnership in the Philadelphia area. We don't have advertisers per se. Uh, People don't pay me to advertise, but we like to help out good people. And we have one in the Philadelphia area today that I'm super excited to tell you about. Not just Philly, but surrounding Philly too. Really, really super cool thing. And and I'm really excited. Of course, you guys know our second call defense. You go to the ninjapastor.com, the ninjapastor.com dot com. And uh, you look at that banner at the bottom, second call defense, click on that. You'll get a month free. Uh, I'll never be without it straight up. And of course, you guys, if you go to my Facebook, you click on the video, you'll see in the comment section the link for the Hilo LX uh, on my arm. I show you actually in the uh, in the video. It's a very brief video because I, I literally did it just before I came on. And then the Logox, the logox.com Great partners of ours. American made, veteran made, um, all, all designed, uh, imagined designed, and, and manufactured all American, literally soup to nuts, this thing, the three in one tool, by the way, is the coolest thing. If you are a person who works with wood, you've got to, uh, America, you've got to, um, hello, Steve from Ohio and David from Pennsylvania. Good to see you. You really got to have this tool. If you work with wood, uh, certainly if you split wood, Uh, you, you know, you you cut wood that's in the, a lot of times people, and people ask me and I tell them I really did cut wood for, for warmth as a kid. I mean, I, I grew up, we did not have heat in our house except for the wood stoves. So anyway, Let's see here. Thank you all for for t- clicking in. Tell me where you are. That's awesome. I love to hear that. Love to see it. Love to see it. Um, and congratulations to my buddy Steve uh, in Ohio. He's a uh, he's a, a registered nurse and EMT. Farming. Um get new house, new house, new property. We will come check that out. So congratulations about that. We love to hear about that. But the logox. The thing is, you click on the the logox.com and you get that three-in-one tool, which is super cheap for all American going to save your backs. It's going to save your knees, going to save your hips. And if, if you put the Ninja Pastor in the checkout, you're going to get $25 off right off the top. And it's, it's so ridiculously low priced. I'm amazed. I don't know how they're even going to make money on it, but Hey, they're even going to give you 25 bucks off. Hey, if they're offering, why not? You know, it's what I say. So remember I told you I've never done this in, 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 the, in the few years I've been on the radio doing this broadcast. I've I've never asked my audience what would you like to hear about today? What questions would you like to answer? What topics would you like? And I just decided, I don't know why. I just felt like um I don't know. I just uh I felt very much like I wanted to hear from you. I wanted to number one, um, I really you know it's tough. I'm sitting in a, a black Walled studio. Now I have a windows. You know from my Facebook live videos and all that, and some of my YouTube stuff. Uh, you know I have a window here, which I can't figure out how to control the light. People say put a light blocking curtain on there, and I have one. I just have to hang it up. Um, So you know there is a window there, and I can look out and see what's going on. But there's there's not a crowd of people here. When I do live speaking all across the country, we'll go anywhere, just about. And if folks want to, because uh, of course media matters, protest me now and. Uh, so be prepared for that um, I'll come to your church i'll come to your organization wherever wherever you'd really like and we'll be in it to win it uh, and and um, a lot of times people will say uh, would you be willing to speak on this or that and I'm happy to do that by the way absolutely happy to do it uh, I've done it many many times uh, extemporaneously uh, we do that I think you uh, I think you'll enjoy it Either way, no matter what. So uh, if it's a group that's interested in terrorism, self-defense, personal security, um, we've done a lot of corporate security consulting. Uh, We do a seminar for women called Looking Forward to Being Attacked or Anticipating Attack. And we actually have uh, something called Damsel in Defense. We're going to give you some links uh, coming up here where you will be able to purchase uh, non-lethal items, depending on the state where you live. Some stuff is, is limited as to what you're allowed to have in your particular state or county or city. Some really weird restrictions. But we look all that stuff up for you, and it's great stuff, really, really great stuff from great company, and I can tell you exactly where to get it. Hashtag damsel gear. It's it's awesome. It's uh, good stuff. Lots of you are chiming in. Let me know that you have it in your home, and uh, we'd love to provide you with that. So all that said, to say this, the first question, uh, well, let me just read you – let me read you – let's see here. Hey, welcome to the folks uh, at the Y. It's just the Y now, by the way. Listening on your earbuds. Awesome. Thank you for letting me know. I love that. Uh, Here's the website, by the way. It's mydamselpro.net backslash grass is greener. That's just mydamselpro.net Backslash grass is greener. You go there, you get all your stuff. Uh, it's all kinds of stuff. And um, really, really super cool. Super cool. So here's the first question. Lisa Marie Mercaldo uh, Radke. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, a great patriot. Really, really um, does a lot, a lot of hard work for, for uh, freedom and liberty. Well, I must say, let's see here. Wow! Welcome to Israel. Welcome to Israel. Thank you for letting me know you're listening. Uh, that's a that's a super cool thing that you would let me know. That's really honored to have you. Uh, so so Lisa Marie Macaldo uh, Radke says, please c- clarify for the very uninformed the truth about the separation of church and state. And she says, thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, Helen Lanning asked, do you think there's a staged coup against President Trump? If so, by whom? And so thank you, Helen, for that. A person submitted the question, did not want to be identified, and and I respect that. Shalom. Um, Hello, Jerry from Pennsylvania. Good to have you. Um, FBI cleared General Michael Flynn in January. Why would President Trump expect former Director Comey to stand down in February? So, well, that's a good question. If the FBI cleared General Michael Flynn in January, why would President Trump expect Comey to stand down in February? So, that's a question from a listener that uh, did not want their name uh, given. So, here's what we're doing. If you're just joining us now, what we're doing here is we're answering your questions, your topics, uh, and it can be about anything. It doesn't have to be about religion, doesn't have to be about politics. Uh, it can be any topic uh, you would like me to discuss. A real question from real people answered honestly, openly, and directly, without the political correctness. So today's your day if that's the kind of thing you like. Today's your day. So we're gonna we're gonna tap into Lisa's question, which I think is really phenomenal. I think it's a super good question, and I think a lot of people are afraid of that question. Uh, I think that they are, and the reason they are is because you, you know we get told uh just very frequently, we are told, hey, you know what? We have the separation of church and state. We have to respect that. You know, I can't stand up in the pulpit. Now, I travel to humongous, uh, humongous churches and small churches, uh, and I like both of them. And, and even in the humongous churches, which you think would be really well-educated, really well, you know, informed by their pastor, obviously the church is, air quotes, successful, you'd think that the pastor would really inform them. Uh, what's going on. And you would think the topic of the separation of church and state as Lisa, uh, has submitted, you would think that in that case, well, my goodness, uh, we, obviously the, 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 uh, the, the parishioners, uh, would absolutely be well informed. They would know what the truth is, but, but sadly they're not. And I think, um, Uh, And Steve from Ohio says, where in the Constitution does it say that? Please show me. You know what's funny is uh, I used to protect a certain young lady, uh, executiveprotectionteam.com. I used to protect a certain young lady who ran for the Delaware Senate uh, seat. And uh, she really, uh, quite the troublemaker, and she really turned people on their heads. And she was at Widener School of Law. And, uh, she made the statement that the, uh, separation of church and state is not in the constitution. It's not there. Well, she was laughed at, uh, she was just kind of laughed off the stage almost. And sadly, you know, the press was there, uh, there were talking heads there, there were pundits there and they, they kind of made fun of her and they said, Oh, poor thing. Oh, and she wants to be Senator. Well, she was correct. She was correct. It's not in there, but let me, let me give you the story here. And I want to say this, um, this is important. This is coming from a good friend of mine who I've also had a privilege to protect. And his name is uh, Mr. David Barton. And he's gotten so many honorary doctorates. I ought to call him Dr. David Barton, but he's, he doesn't like that, but, uh, he's a great guy, really super good guy and uh, amazing. Much like Bill Federer, really, really, really very knowledgeable guy and just an amazing recall. So for the answer to Lisa's question regarding separation of church and state, I'm going to go to who I consider to be the authority on this topic uh, that's living today, my friend David Barton. And regarding the separation of church and state, in 1947, in the case Everson versus Board of Education, the Supreme Court declared the First Amendment has erected a wall between church and state. That wall must be kept high and impregnable. We could not approve the slightest breach. The separation of church and state phrase, which they invoked and which has today become so familiar, was taken from an exchange of letters between President Thomas Jefferson and the Baptist Association of Danbury, Connecticut, uh, otherwise known as the Danbury Baptist Association. Shortly after Jefferson became president, the election, by the way, this is David Barton, the election of Jefferson. America's first anti-federalist president elated many Baptists since that denomination by and large was, so, was also strongly anti-federalist. This political disposition of the Baptists was understandable for from the early settlement of Rhode Island in the 1630s to the time of the federal constitution in the 1780s, the Baptists had often found themselves suffering from the centralization of power. Now, I, I want to stop there and I want to just explain that um, you, it's important to understand. Ultimately, what this is, what this is highlighting here, and it's very, very important that we understand this. What this is highlighting is not a condition in which um, government felt like the 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 religions or the denominations were running amok. It was the opposite. It was it was the denominations were being pressed into positions that they didn't want. They didn't want a national religion. They didn't want a national denomination. Uh, none of that. They, they wanted to be left alone. They were anti-federal, so they wanted to be left alone. And so that's a long period of time from the early settlement of Rhode Island in the 1630s to the time of the federal constitution in the 1780s, they the baptists the danbury baptists and baptists in general they were they were really put upon uh by those that advocated centralization of power so consequently now having a president who not only had championed the rights of baptists in virginia but also had advocated clear limits on the centralization of government powers the danbury baptists wrote jefferson a letter of praise on october 7th 1801 this is what they told him here it is here's the letter you ready Among the many millions in America and Europe who rejoice in your election to office, we embrace the first opportunity to express our great satisfaction in your appointment to the chief magistracy Magistracy of the United States. We have reason to believe that America's God has raised you up to fill the chair of state out of the goodwill which he bears to the millions which you preside over. May God strengthen you for the arduous task which providence And the voice of the people have called you and may the Lord preserve you safe from every evil and bring you at last to his heavenly kingdom through Jesus Christ, our glorious mediator. Now, in that same letter of congratulations, the Baptists also expressed to Jefferson their grave concern over the entire concept of the First Amendment, including its guarantee for the free exercise of religion. Now, you might say, oh, slow down, slam dancer. Why in the world would they uh, be Concerned about that. Well, there's a good reason. Our sentiments are uniformly on the side of religious liberty that religion is at all times and places a matter between God and individuals, that no man ought to suffer in name, person, or effects on account of his religious opinions, and that the legitimate power of civil government extends no further than to punish the man. Who works ill to his neighbor. But, sir, our constitution of government is not specific. Therefore, what religious privileges we enjoy as a minor part of the state, we enjoy as favors granted and not as inalienable rights. Now, in short, I want to explain what's being said there. The inclusion of protection. Uh, for the free exercise of religion in the Constitution. Now, that suggested to the Danbury Baptists that the right of religious expression was somehow government-given, thus alienable, rather than God-given or inalienable. So this was their concern. They were saying, hey, the power that you're— by, by saying that you somehow have power to grant this I've got to tell you, it's you need to understand. You need to understand they were justifiably concerned because they saw people back then, I think, were smarter in a lot of respects uh, than we are today. They didn't have, you know the internet and all that stuff. but my goodness, they knew what was coming. They knew what was coming. And so you have this situation where they recognized that if they accepted this part of the Constitution, Uh, they were accepting that, that what could be given to them by the government could also be taken away, alienable versus inalienable. Listen, God gives you rights. They can't be taken away but from God. Nobody else can take them away. So the government might someday attempt to regulate religious expression, and this was the possibility to which they strenuously objected, unless they had explained someone's religious practice caused him to work ill to his neighbor. Now, I want to and Lisa this is a f- phenomenal question. I'm so pleased that you would ask it and thank you for taking the time to write it out. Um, I will I will just say this. I will say this. And and listen, I'm getting messages from people who are kind of down about, you know, it could be their situation in life, it could be their situation at their job, it could be situate health situation, it could be any number of situations in relationships and otherwise. The um, relationships, you know, with coworkers and and family and all that, and then also what's going on in the world today. Listen, I, I want you to know that that we don't have to be downtrodden. We don't have to be sad. We don't for for a while, but but this morning comes. After night, morning comes after night, and as believers, we know that that the Father has us in His hand, and He's taking care of us. So, don't be dejected. and And we look back on this, and some folks are saying, "Well, we knew, you know." I'm so worried about our future because we knew that this, you know, this happened here, and and now nobody even believes us. There could be people listening to your voice, Doctor Sean, who are saying this isn't true. It's absolutely true. You can trust it with your life. You can. You can place, uh, you can put my life on it because I guarantee it's true. This is absolutely true. Uh, Jefferson, look, he Thomas Jefferson, he understood what was going on. And I want you to understand too, and this is important for me to address in, in Lisa's question. She didn't ask this, but I'm going to infuse this. It's very important for me to infuse this here because... Remember what, remember I said, this is the possibility to which they strenuously objected unless, as they had explained, someone's religious practice caused him to work ill to his neighbor. Now, what are some examples of that? Right? Uh, we we have some religious practices, female genital. Where Where are the feminists, by the way? Where are the feminists? Where are they? Where are the feminists right now, right here, right now? Because, you know, there's, there's, without their consent, these girls are being taken in. And uh, it, look up uh, FGM, or female genital mutilation. It's it's in uh, the religion of Islam, but it's not religion. It's the religious, uh, remember I say RPM, religious, political, and military ideology. So that's what it is. And, and you need to understand that, you know, this is a religious practice, someone's religious practice that will work ill to your neighbor, you know, because if you if you are an infidel, which is everybody but a Muslim, or an apostate, somebody that doesn't practice well enough, right, Jerry? Jerry from Pennsylvania puts this out very clearly. He says mainly military. And and you know, uh so if someone cut your heads off. How yeah, and 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 Steve from Ohio points out, how in the world do the the LGBT community, how does the LGBT community and feminists in general come out and support for Islam? It's suicide by ignorance. It's absolutely unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense at all. And it, and it tells me they just don't understand. So they wouldn't understand this, right? But this is very important to understand this clear thing that Lisa Radke had uh, put out, which which was, you know, the separation of church and state, can you please answer that? Can you please address that? And th- and there's this this point uh, in this exchange between Thomas Jefferson and the Danbury Baptists where they said, look, you know, we don't want any attempt to regulate our religious expression except where someone's religious practice caused them to work ill to his neighbor. In other words, look, if, if they want to cut your head off, set you on fire, burn you in acid, uh, uh, drown you in a cage, throw you off of a roof, that's, that's working in detriment to, to your neighbor. That's working ill to your neighbor. So we can't have that. You know, that's not going to fly. It's not going to fly. Do you see what I'm saying here? You know, can I get an amen? So, uh, right here, right now, we, 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 we've we covered this, and I want you to understand that they saw this coming. The Danbury Baptists saw it, and Thomas Jefferson saw it. They saw it coming. And and in fact, Jefferson understood their concern because it was also his own, as, as uh, David Barton so uh, eloquently put. In fact, he made numerous declarations about the constitutional inability of the federal government to regulate, restrict, or interfere with religious expression. Now, here's an example. No power over the freedom of religion is delegated to the United States by the Constitution. Kentucky Resolution 1798. In manners of religion, I have considered that its free exercise is placed by the Constitution in de- of the powers of the general and general read federal government because it was interchangeable. The, the words were interchangeable. Second inaugural address, 1805. Our excellent Constitution has not placed our religious rights under the power of any public functionary. This was a letter to the Methodist Episcopal Church in 1808. I consider the government of the United States as interdicted or prohibited by the Constitution from intermeddling with religious institutions or exercises. And that was a letter to Samuel Millar in 1808. Now, Jefferson believed, according to, uh, and I firmly believe, firmly, firmly believe this. uh, By the way, Jerry from Pennsylvania points out very clearly, moderate Muslims... Are in danger from true Muslims. That's absolutely right. That is completely correct. So, uh, so David Barton goes on. Jefferson believed that the government was to be a, was to be powerless to interfere with religious expressions for a very simple reason. He had long witnessed the unhealthy tendency of the government to encroach upon the free exercise of religion. As he explained to Noah Webster, this is a real letter, and I suspect that Mister Barton has this letter in his amazing collections of some of the, the, the most amazing documents ever uh, in in this country just absolutely amazing historical archive that incomparable I quite I, I believe uh, it had become this is what uh, the letter to Noah Webster it had become an universal and almost uncontroverted position in the several states that the purposes of society do not require a surrender of all our rights, to our ordinary governors and which experience has nevertheless proved they the government will be constantly encroaching on if submitted to them now what he's saying here is look we the government this is not a this is this is not a uh situation where government look if you if you well let me let me explain it this way let me explain the, the reason why People have said, you know, I have a Kehala. We do a Kehala on Sundays in the state of Delaware, in uh, Newcastle County, Delaware, in Newark, Delaware. And we do a Kehala. And what we do, it's not a 501c3. It's not a, any of that stuff. You're not going to get a slip at the end of the year. Um, it, we don't take an offering per se. You can put anything if you want. You don't have to, if you don't want to. Um, but ultimately it's, it's called uh, it's called a Kehala and it's, it's, Kind of a cool thing. It really, really is uh, a, a neat thing. And these people uh, are amazing. Hello to J.P. Richardson, Iowa in the house. Good to good to hear from you, brother. Uh, so we do this thing, this Kehala, and it's really kind of cool, but we're not 501c3 for several reasons. We don't want the government to have any impact on us at all. We don't want them to have any impact at all. It's It would be um, – it's, it's just uh, – There's no purpose in it, because if you do that, this is my belief, and it's also the belief of everyone there. If you, uh, in your submission to the government, you acquiesce and say, hey, you know what? Here is what we are willing to do. We are willing to give our dollar, and then you're going to give us 25 cents back in the form of a tax credit, uh, you know, because we gave money, so you get the little envelope, you get the statement. So, oh, you gave this much money. Great, we're going to give you a twenty-five cents back on the dollar for credit. Hello to Craig from New York. Good to see you. Um, so, so my point in all that is, is we don't submit to that. And they kind of were dealing with that here because it, this statement here, and which experience has nonetheless proved they, the government, will constantly will be constantly encroaching on if submitted to them. That there are certain fences which experiences prove, proved peculiarly efficacious or effective against wrong and rarely obstructive of right, which yet the governing powers have ever shown a disposition to weaken or, and remove. Of the first kind, for instance, is freedom of religion. Folks, Thomas Jefferson, this is David Barton, Thomas Jefferson had no intention, intention of allowing the government to limit, restrict, regulate, or interfere with public religious practices. He believed, along with the other founders, that the First Amendment had been enacted only to prevent the federal establishment of a national denomination. This is what he believed. He said, this is this is why. the First Amendment, this is why. We, we don't want to force this upon you. And uh, this he made this clear in a letter. He was a real letter writer, I'm telling you, to fellow fellow signer of the Declaration of Independence, Benjamin Rush. Uh, the clause of the Constitution, which while it is secured, while it secured the freedom of the press. Now, by the way, let me address this. And my brand, my, my great friend Jerry from Pennsylvania, he addresses this really, really well. He and and he he's a great teacher too, really, really excellent teacher. And and um, remember, freedom of the press, just like in Scripture, uh, little things don't mean a lot; they mean everything, and. Uh, context is absolutely critical. You have to have that context. You have to have the clarity. You have to understanding culturally the, the linguistics, you have to understand the vernacular. You have to understand all of those things and understand what they're talking. Freedom of the press as discussed there is not freedom of ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, Fox, whatever else, OAN, whoever else, you know, it's not that it's the press, the machine The printing press, that's what it is. That's what they're referring to there. Covered also the freedom of religion, had given to the clergy a very favorite hope of obtaining an establishment of a particular form of Christianity through the United States. And as every sect believes its own form, the true one, everyone perhaps hoped for its own, but especially the Episcopalians and Congregationalists the returning good sense of our country threatens abortion to their hopes. And they believe that any portion of power confided to me will be exerted in opposition to their schemes. And they believe rightly now back to Barton. Jefferson had committed himself as president to pursuing the purpose of the first amendment, preventing the establishment of a particular form of Christianity by the Episcopalians, Congregationalists or any other denomination. Now, some of that group, the Episcopalians, Congregationalists, and, and a couple of other denominations, they wanted to be the national denomination. They wanted their group to be sort of had to sort of have headship over that uh, in, in our country. That's what they wanted. And he knew this and he didn't want any establishment of any particular form of Christianity. So he said, you know, freedom across the board, unless your freedom, uh, and practice of your religion are create ill towards your neighbor. Since this was Jefferson's view concerning religious expression in his short and polite reply to the Danbury Baptist on January 1st, 1802, he assured them that they need not fear that the free exercise of religion would never be interfered with by the federal government. Now, as he explained, here it is, here is the money right here. This is the one, this is the one God bless you. Some folks are sending me some really kind messages and, and also some messages where they're they're struggling. Um, and I appreciate that you're doing that. And and you know what you need? You need to know for real. You need to know. I'm thinking I'm thinking about all the people I mentioned at the beginning of the um, I'll get back to this letter here in a second. At the beginning of the broadcast that are struggling so much. Uh, you know, Carson Sellers struggling so much and his whole family and wanting him to be well for years now this is going on. Um, my buddy Eric, you know, struggling so much with fighting cancer and infection and all these things. My buddy Chris, my buddy Don, and you know, all of these people, you know, just facing such incredible uh, challenges and uh, people with job situations and people with you know, raising their kids and what, what do I do? And all these things, you need to know that, that God has not forgotten you. God hasn't forgotten you. I haven't forgotten you. And, um, you know, there's nothing above and past his with a capital H, uh, his power. There's nothing at all that escapes him or, or is in advance of him. Um, He is, he is, he was, he is, and he always will be. And uh, one day he's going to set everything right and set everything perfect. And until then, we just have to trust and obey and and uh, just trust him. Just trust him. He'll show the way. He'll show the way if we listen. So the the letter uh, goes on to explain from Jefferson. Now this is the money right here, folks, gentlemen. The affectionate sentiments of esteem and approbation which you are so good as to express toward me on behalf of the Danbury Baptist Association give me the highest satisfaction. Believing with you that religion is a matter which lies solely between man and his God, that he owes account to none other for his faith or his worship, that the legislative powers of government reach actions only and not opinions. I contemplate with sovereign reverence that act of the whole American people, which declared that their legislature should make no law, respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, thus building a wall of separation between church and state. Now, my friends, you understand that you may not have ever heard that before. You may not have ever had the benefit of actually reading what Jefferson actually said. He goes on, adhering to this expression of the supreme will of the nation in behalf of the right of conscience, I shall see with sincere satisfaction the progress of those sentiments which tend to restore to man all his natural rights. Convinced he has no natural right in opposition to his social duties, I reciprocate your kind prayers for the protection and blessing of the common father, capital F, and creator, capital C, of man, and tender you for yourselves and your religious association assurances of my high respect and esteem. Now, a lot of liberals will tell you, well, he was just a slave-owning, uh, sex having with, with uh, one of his slaves, uh, you know, bad guy, rich guy, just bad guy. He was a bad guy. So why would we even listen to him? Oh, 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 oh by the way, he was not a religious fella. No, 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 no. All this talk about God and all that business, ah, Please. Please, come on now. He signed his letters in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If he was not a believer in Christ, if he was even at the least a deist, he would not have written that. He didn't have to, but he did. Father and creator, both capitalized of man, establishing Our origin. Folks, you just need to understand, my friends, you need to understand that you've been told many, many lies, many, many lies. And you know, it is, it is very sad. It is very sad that in our education system today, particularly our public education system, all the way up through and including our universities, you need to understand, as tragic as this is, that they are lying to our children on purpose. You see, the educators, they know. They are fully aware that they are not telling the truth. You say, how could they do it? Why would they do it? Well, how they could is they can. It's a godless society. It's a a society that removes from discussion and impact and import the power of God unto man. You see, this is reality. This is, and you say, well, why would they want to do it? Why would they want to do that? They want to do it and they do it because they want you to have no higher power. They want to be the higher power. They want government to be the power. That's reality. That's reality. That's the reality that we face. That's reality. And you know what? Here's the truth about that. We have to accept the purpose and intent of these folks that would so eagerly separate us from our faith in God. De-God, the conversation. Mr. Barton goes on to explained, Jefferson's reference to natural rights invoked an important legal phrase, which was part of the rhetoric of that day and which reaffirmed his belief that religious liberties were inalienable rights. While the phrase natural rights communicated much to people then, to most citizens today, those words mean little. By definition, natural rights included that which the books of the law and the gospel do contain." End quotes that which the books of the law and gospel do contain. Both the law and the gospel are capitalized. That is, natural rights incorporated that God himself had guaranteed demand in the scriptures. Thus, when Jefferson assured the Baptists that by following their natural rights, they would violate no social duty, he was affirming to them that the free exercise of religion was their inalienable God-given right and therefore was protected from federal regulation Or interference. So clearly did Jefferson understand the source of America's inalienable rights that he even doubted whether America could survive if we ever lost that knowledge. And he was right. He queried And can the liberties of a nation be thought secure if we have lost the only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are the gift of God? That they are not to be violated, but with his wrath? You see, Jefferson believed that God, not government, was the author and source of our rights. Capitalized author, capitalized source of our rights. And that the government, therefore, would be prevented, was to be prevented from interference with those very rights. Very simply, the fence of the Webster letter and the wall of the Danbury letter were not to limit religious activities in public. Let me say that again. Very simply, the fence of the Webster letter and the wall of the Danbury letter were not to limit religious activities in public. Rather, they were to limit the power of the government to prohibit or interfere with those expressions. Earlier courts long understood Jefferson's intent. In fact, when Jefferson's letter was invoked by the Supreme Court only twice prior to the 1947 Everson case, the Reynolds v. United States case in 1878, unlike today's courts, which publish only his eight word separation phrase that earlier court published Jefferson's entire letter, and then concluded as such. Coming as this does from an acknowledged leader of the advocates of the measure, it, Jefferson's letter, may be accepted almost as an authoritarian declaration of the scope and effect of the amendment thus secured. Congress was deprived of all legislative power over mere religious opinion, but was left free to reach actions which were in violation of social duties and subversive of good order. That court then succinctly summarized Jefferson's intent for the separation of church and state. Listen with me now. The rightful purposes of civil government are for its officers to interfere when principles break out into overt acts against peace and good order. In this is found the true distinction between what properly belongs to the church and what to the state. With this, even the Baptists had agreed. For while wanting to see the government prohibited from interfering with or limiting the religious activities, they also had declared it a legitimate function of government to punish the man who works ill to his neighbor. Remember what we said just a few seconds ago. Listen, Islam as uh, is practiced in its radical Uh, an adherent form. In other words, uh, you know, people say, well, I know Muslims, I know Muslims like this too, by the way, this is people includes me. Well, they don't practice, you know, the radical stuff. They don't, they don't believe any of that stuff. They're very peaceful people, very easygoing people, not just because they say they are, they live that way. I experienced that. And you know what? They would be viewed by the true Muslim as being an apostate. That's a fact. That's a fact. And, and so the moderate Muslim as we consider them today would be the with their head on the chopping block. Hey, you you need to do this, or you're gonna be, you know, we're gonna identify you as an apostate. So so what I wanna you know, what I wanna do is, and obviously I don't wanna read this whole thing. It's it's really, really, really uh in detail. It's super detailed. If you go to wallbuilders.com, Wall Builders Live, I've been on that radio show. Uh, if you if you go to that, uh, you can find this entire document. It's absolutely amazing. It's it's really, really cool. Really, really super cool. And, uh, so I hope Lisa, that that's answered your question. We're going to go answer the other questions here in a minute. I did want to, uh, real quickly tell you about a buddy of mine. You guys have heard me talk about him before. Uh, his name is David Partridge. He's a great, great friend. Uh, we've been friends for a couple of decades now and he works for a firm called Lieberman early and company and they're based in Wayne, Pennsylvania. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's, whew, it's so pretty. I guess they would call that the, um, what do they call that? There's a fancy name for it. Um, it's uh, the main line. They call it the main line. That's what they call it. And it's really, really swank. And so what he does, what this firm does, Lieberman, Early and Company, they handle commercial real estate. Um, they're at, uh, I, I have to say the address and number if I mention their name, 485 Devon Park Drive in Wayne, Pennsylvania. And they can be reached at 610-688-4300. That's 610-688-4300. So, um, it, what they do, and I, I guess I should explain kind of what they do. Their market really is southeastern Pennsylvania. That's uh, the Philadelphia regional market, all the way out to Harrisburg, Allentown, Easton. Uh, they they can really to tell you the truth. They have all kinds of affiliates. They're, they're a top notch firm. I mean, they got to be top notch if Dave works there. If you know what I'm saying, hey. Um, so they have these licensed affiliates. They can all the way across the country. And so what they do is they handle office, retail, warehouse, and flex buildings. From 1,000 square feet, little, you know, front shop there, little, little mom and pop shop, all the way up to half a million square feet for lease or sale. So if you're a person that you're in that area, anywhere in that area, uh, really anywhere you are, uh, give my buddy Dave Partridge at Lieberman Early any questions you have about real estate. Maybe you have a question about real estate and you say, well, I don't know if I'm going to buy something or lease something or if I'm going to sell something uh, or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. Listen, you give my buddy Dave Partridge a call and uh, look, I've known this guy. He's been, by the way, he's been an associate, upstanding associate, leave him early for a long time. And, and I've known him personally for over 20 years, straight up. I mean, he, he is, he is one of the best guys ever. Uh, we've been through a lot together, really. And truly we've been through a whole lot together. He's been there for me and I've been there for him. Super stand-up guy. And I'll tell you what else is amazing. He shares the values that we talk about here on this show. Uh, an intensely intelligent guy, but he shares our values, and I know how hard he works, I know he goes the extra mile, so if you get a hold of him with a question about commercial real estate, no matter where you are, quite frankly, um, I know that he'll help you, and if he doesn't have the answer, or in some way he's not empowered to help you, he's so well connected that, um, you know, there's there's no way in this world he's not going to connect you to the right people, so how do you get a hold of David Partridge? That's right, like the Partridge family. Yeah, he's only heard that about nine million times. Uh Lieberman Early. You contact him by phone, six ten six eight eight four three zero zero. That's six ten six eight eight four three zero zero. Um and Lieberman Early is just L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N-E-A-R-L-E-Y dot com. So or you can call me and I'll connect you too. So that's um you know that's that's that on that. And we're really excited about it because I know the kind of work this guy does and I know how he helps people and it's quite extraordinary uh, what he does. And he's very, very different than, than other people uh, in the business because he's, he's just so well connected and he works so hard for the benefit. He's got a very um, he's very committed to doing the right thing, very committed to, to giving you excellent service and going over and above. So leave him an early, my buddy, Dave Partridge, make sure you get a hold of him. So Helen Lanning asked, Do you think there is a staged coup against President Trump, if so, by who or whom? Folks, you know, this is a tough question, right? This is a super tough question. Um, You know, when I answer this, let me see how I want to put this. I don't want to put it politically correct, but I want to put it, you know, clearly. The question is, if you're just joining us, Helen Lanning asked this question. Um, do you think there's a staged coup against President Trump? Uh, and, and some people, all right, let's, let's, let me, let me address this part first. Let me address this part first, uh, because this is important. Um, hold on one second here. Uh, what a coup is, is a sudden violent or illegal seizure of power from a government. Um, but a coup could also be a coup d'etat. You've heard in French. Um, it's, it's it's essentially an overthrow. And there are things called, you know, a military coup, and there are things called a bloodless coup. So some would say, uh, errantly so, that this, is, this would be an example of a bloodless coup. What's going on now? Well, I want very much to... Um, hey, my son just uh, put pictures here. He's going where I hunt. He was hiking right where I hunt today. That's, that's pretty cool. I love that. He likes to get outdoors just like dad does. I love that. Adventures, man. Finding the adventure. Well, this is not an adventure. I guess it is an adventure in some way, uh, but not a happy one. What's going on now, uh, Helen Lanning asks a great question. Do you think there is a stage coup against President Trump? And yes, I absolutely do. Um, and, and at this point, it's, it is indeed a bloodless coup. It is a bloodless coup because so far, I mean, in public view, there there, there hasn't been a, you know, a splitting of the military. There hasn't been uh, an advance upon uh, the different uh, functions of government by physical force. But what there has been, I absolutely believe this, and thank you, Helen uh, Lanning, for asking this on social media, um, I believe that there are many, many people that are uh, left behind. Uh, maybe they're, they're called career um, diplomats, career service people, career government, uh, public servants, blah, blah, blah. And uh, by the way, thank you, Gail Kekalas, um, for watching the Facebook video. Thank you to all. Um, you know, the thing is, I'm going to say this to you. I'm, I'm going to say this to you, and I want you, to, I want you all to take this in the vein that it is offered, and it's offered very sincerely. I don't like the term government servant. He's served the United States of America. You know what? Military people serve the, serve the people of the United States of America. They're paid peanuts. They don't have the, the benefits that everybody thinks they have. It's kind of a joke. Uh, It's not right what they get paid. It's, It's just a tiny bit of money. They put them in not very nice places and they don't treat them very well. It's just a fact. And by they, I mean we, because if we stood up and said, hey, how about we cut the government pay public, you know, the public sector, people that work for government, we cut their pay by a percentage and we give that pay raise by percentage to the military. I absolutely believe that that's appropriate. I did a show some time ago what I would do if I were president. And that's one of the things I would do. I, I think they're very poorly paid and um, uh, the long-term benefits are very poor, especially when compared to Congress or other government officials, elected officials. It's, it's ridiculous. Senators and Congress people, the money that they get and the benefits they get, not only, you know, while they're in office, but, but after, long after. And, and it's really ridiculous. So do I think there's a staged coup against President Trump? Absolutely. And who I think is behind a lot of it is Barack Hussein Obama, Hillary Rodham Clinton, and many others, the Podestas, uh, many, many of the others. It is just, it, it is egregious. It is absolutely egregious, and uh, and Dave in Chat says, "Look at the VA now; it was terrible, especially under the prior administration." You know, I think it's really, really. Um, I think it's really interesting to me. Uh, well, I'm skipping ahead. I'm skipping ahead, but but I, let me address the VA. Let me address the VA. Well, that's a great example. Honestly, that is a great example of the devaluing of our military fighting force. It's when we're done with them, we're done with them. When we're finished with them, we're finished. Hey, you did your job, out you go, out you go. Thanks for coming, you're welcome. It's pitiful, it is really, really pitiful. Uh, I believe that it is egregious, how we treat them, quite frankly. Uh, I think that more than that, even I think that um, when, when they are injured or they are ill, when some malady has befallen them, I really believe that's when we need to really step in. That's when we really, really need to step in. that's when we need to be, and, and Steve, who was a registered nurse and EMT, fireman, uh, VA nurses know firsthand the terrible care they get. They do. I, I know some VA nurses who are beside themselves. They are beside, by the way, let me just press pause here. Speaking of nurses, this reminded me of something, and I don't know if she or any of her family are listening, but I got to say, I very rarely ever do this, but I got to say, happiest of birthdays, to one of the most amazing, dear, wonderful human beings I have ever had the pleasure of not only knowing, but loving and being loved by Miss D. Davis Brock. Dolores Brock, I am telling you, if if you are listening, you are simply amazing. Uh, uh, a wife. To my dear, dear friend and, and a, a great, amazing man, Larry Brock, and mother to her four children, uh, like no other mother, and, and grandma, I don't know what they call you, D. You look so young, you never age. I don't think she gets called grandma or mama or any of that stuff. Uh, mama D. I think it's Mama D. I think so. Which, of course, she would be called something cool. Because she doesn't look like a grandmother at all. It's just absolutely amazing. She never ages. I would appreciate it if she and a couple of other people I know would age. But um, th- today is Dee's birthday, and I'm telling you, we have been friends for decades. And Dee Brock, quite simply, she is a um, she runs um it's it's a um, I'm trying to think of, of what it's called there. And I don't want to uh I don't want to say the wrong thing, but it's a hospice, but it's, it's there in a uh, surrounding area of Atlanta, Georgia. And I'll tell you, there could be no better person to be a hospice nurse than she. Uh, D Brock is so kind and comforting and loving uh, to so many people, but boy, if you're near the end of your life and your family is having to deal with, you know, that, that goodbye, that very painful goodbye. I'm here to tell you there's no better person to have around you uh, than D. Brock. I'm telling you, what a what an angel here on earth. And it's her birthday today, and I want you to know if you're listening or any of the Brock families listening, you let her know that she's top-notch, and I love her. We all love her, and I uh, can't wait to see you again soon, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful birthday. So back to do you think there's a stage coup against President Trump? I absolutely do, and I think it's these career people. Who have been co-opted used to be, you know, people would say, well, that's a career position. That's not a political person. Uh, That is a career person. So uh, that is a person who is, uh, you know, that person's not moved politically. Do you see what I'm saying? That person is is not, you know, this is this is what's alleged. This is not what I'm saying. I don't want you to think I'm fooled by this. I'm not fooled by it. Um, I think just because a person has a job with uh, the government as as a uh, public sector employee, a non-elected employee, look, that's deep state there, folks. That's These people have been co-opted a long ways back. I'm not saying they're all like that. I'm saying there are many of them like that. And the left was very smart about how they did it. They really were. They were super, super smart about how they did it. And, and ultimately because they, the left fought better than we did. The left realized they were in a fight. See, we didn't realize we were in a fight. We didn't, we didn't realize we were in a fight. We just thought we were going along and everybody else does things the way we do. And it was silly. It was just silly. We were we were we were just silly. And now with the public employee unions, my goodness, you've got you have got so much evil and bad going on there that it's hard to root it out. It's hard to know who's who. So when President, uh, former President Barack Hussein Obama, you know, he leaves office. He doesn't think he's really leaving office. That's why he's living in Washington, D.C., that's why they're renting that multi-million dollar mansion. That's that's why they're there. He's not there because he likes the food in D.C. He's there because he fully intends, with other powers that be, which include Hillary Clinton, to slowly and methodically not only undermine the President of the United States, but to overtake him. Now, let me say this. I've got a warning for you all, If and I'm followed by Media Matters. They jam up my website. They... They hit, they hit me with, I don't know how many um, spam emails and all this stuff. I mean, they're just, they're just, they're relentless and uh, and I don't have much patience for them. I have to laugh because we have some spiders that we throw back at them when we know that they're doing that. Um, We, we really, um, it's, it's a situation in, in which I, they're, they're just unbelievable. Uh, they do dirty, nasty things. You just can't believe the dirty, nasty things that they do. We'll just leave it at that. But these, but these people, I'll just tell you, they, they they're relentless. They, they are working in a manner which on the right, we're not accustomed. Look on the right. We're not accustomed to how they do things. We, and, and uh, Steve from Ohio puts it, puts it correctly they stand to lose everything and and what president trump is doing he's calling out these clandestine parasites these are people who have taken advantage of every position they've ever had to their own benefit to the detriment of the country i believe what's going on helen uh helen laning asked if is there a stage coup and if so by who i i you know yes there is and by many uh many of these employees who are deeply entrenched there are also many, many elected officials who are part of it. I absolutely believe Hussein Obama is, is the ringleader. Um, I think it's funded uh, and driven by Soros, George Soros, S-O-R-O-S. If you don't know who he is, you got to look him up. Evil and dirty as it gets. Evil and dirty as it gets. I am telling you, they are dangerous and deadly people. That's a fact. So that's who's behind it. But I'm going to say something else. Uh, Helen uh, Helen Lanning asked this question. Uh, do you think there's a stage coup against President Trump and so by who? I'm, the other who is us. I'm sorry to say it. Uh, hashtag never Trumpers. I'm not one. But the hashtag never Trumpers, I get it. Your guy didn't win. Neither did mine. But you know what? When President Trump received the nomination, he was my presidential candidate. He was my candidate for president and supported him and I support him. Now, what is interesting, what is interesting is now that he has been in and he has exposed so much, I support him about a thousand percent more than I did before. About a thousand percent more. Do you understand what I'm saying to you right now? What I'm saying to you is is I see what the left really is. And I say to myself, self, because that's when I tell, call myself when I'm, when I'm talking to me. Uh, I say, self, look at what they're doing. My goodness, look at what they're doing. This is terrible. This is an awful, awful thing. What they're doing. The left, the media, the corrupt, corrupt media. I'm sorry to tell you, I include Fox in that list. That may surprise you, Helen, but I do. I include Fox in that list. There are many good people at Fox. Don't get me wrong. Many good people. But Fox News Channel, they'd never have a guy like Shepard Smith sitting behind a desk if, if by and large, they weren't a positive for the American public. They wouldn't. They wouldn't have that guy. That guy hates President Trump with a passion. He hates him so much. He has always hated him. This is not something new. And he, and his, he views his, his time slot for which he gets paid over $11 million all total. It's the most expensive uh, technologically advanced set in existence by his demand. This is how he wanted it. God bless you. Get paid, man. Hey, you get paid. Hey, good for you. But he spends all of his time completely trying to undermine the president. He is, he is completely compromised. There are many others, but Fox, even people who don't believe that they're doing anything wrong, parrot what other people have said, far worse people, the left in general, parroting what they say. It has been said, and then they say the thing over again. It is being talked about it. it's not me i'm saying this is what's being talked about and then they say the thing i don't allege this but it has been alleged and then they say the thing do you all understand what i'm saying here do you all understand this is this is a means by which they are undermining our very governance that's reality our sovereignty you know, I, I, I have many, many friends, many, 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 many friends, many friends who, who are from south of the border. And of those many, many friends, I know several who their documents are not perfectly in order and I say this here and I say it to them they know I've I've talked with them about it I say I can understand why you're nervous because we finally have a president who means what he says we finally have a president who says hey you don't have a country if you don't have borders my friends you don't have a country if you don't have borders folks that is so important to understand you you don't have, look we can't just fling open the doors there's bad people out there There are bad people out there, and if we don't, look, do you close and lock your doors at night? If you live in a single-story home, do you leave your windows open on the first floor when you're sleeping at night? Do you lock your car when you go into work? Do you leave your camera or your phone sitting on the seat, windows down? door lock. No, because you know there has to be barriers. There has to be some sort of barrier. There has to be something somewhere along the way that says, no, you're not going to encroach upon me and my freedom and my liberty to own what I want to own, purchased with my own money. I won't stand for it. So I'm locking my door. I'm taking precautions. You have no sovereignty. If you if, if if you have a fence around your home, listen, this is happening. This is real. This is happening right now in the United States of America on our southern border. This is what's happening. By the way, the announcement has just come out by Shepard Smith, who I can't stand. He does a breaking news um, that a special investigator, uh, former FBI director Robert Mueller, has been named as the special, uh, special prosecutor, special investigator, a special, you know, whatever, uh, they come up with all kinds of names for the guy. Now, why does the left push so hard? Even though they know there's nothing there, there's no there there. Why do they push so hard to have a special, uh, counsel named? Because they can come out and they can say, Hey, there's something to this because now we have a special counsel. An independent counsel, see, we told you. And then the independent counsel is supposed to work his fingers to the bone to prove the allegation for which he was hired. And by the time that special counsel, maybe, maybe an independent counsel comes out, you know, 11 months later, 10, 20 months later, whatever the time and says, look, there's, there's nothing here. There's nothing, there's no violation here. Well, that's old news. It's old news now. All part of the coup, folks, all part of the coup. So, so, you know, when I give this answer to Lisa and I give this answer to Helen I, I, and I would say this, you know, as it relates to the, the, uh, separation of church and state, just total misinterpreted or uninterpreted, quite frankly. And, and to, you know, the answer of yes, there is a stage coup and I've named the people that I believe are involved with it to Helen and to everybody else listening. What can we do? Well, what do we do? You stand up with the truth and you say, this is untrue. You're speaking lies. This, what you call news is fake. It's a lie. These, these facts, which you state are lies and you know it. And here's how I can prove it. I was talking about my friends who, who are, uh, they, their documents are not completely in order. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you, I've said it right to their face. I said, listen, you are highly valued by me. I value you. And, and you've been a, a model model uh, person, but you are not a citizen of this country. You, you do not have, due to you, any of the features and benefits of the United States of America. Any of the great the great value that we exchange, you don't have that coming to you. That's not owed to you. The Constitution doesn't apply to you. You are not a citizen of this country. Until you become a citizen of this country, you are a visitor. And if you came here illegally, you are a criminal. And while I care for you personally and for your family, you have to do it. You have to do it the right way. Now, I advocate this. I was having a great conversation with a buddy of mine who happens to employ an awful lot of folks from south of the border. And he said some of them their documents are really pristine and others, not so much. Not so much. See, that's the thing. He says, and I agree with him. I do agree with him. I very much agree with this. Uh, And this is real world experience pointing this out. My friends, sometimes when we, when we are in a situation, how I put this, when we're connected in some way emotionally to a situation, Sometimes that can really mess up how we respond to the wrongs within that situation. Sometimes we, we say, well, but in this case, and, and what it becomes is your issue. You're a one-issue voter. You're a this-issue voter. Or you're a that-issue voter. Well, you know, or you've got a thing. You know, a lot of times it's unions. The union bosses say, hey, this is who we're using your money to support because he's going to help us. He's going to give us money. He's going to give us influence. He's going to put us where we want to be. He's going to advance our cause. So vote for him or her. And then what happens? Then what happens, my friends? What happens is all of a sudden, all of a sudden we swallow the overall greater good and we say this is my thing i got to i got to stick with this i i got to represent this i got to I know that I don't like where this person comes from in other areas, but I, I, the whole union is voting for this person. What am I gonna do? So then you have a very difficult look, i I know several t- teachers, artists, photographers, painters, you know, public school teachers who are conservative. They're conservatives. And I'm telling you, they had better not ever come out as conservative. Maybe they work in very, 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 very far left places. They better not ever come out as a conservative. My goodness, don't come out as a conservative Christian, follower of Christ. Don't do that. My, you, boy, that'd be the worst thing ever. But you know what you've got to do, as my buddy Steve says, you've got to honor your duty to God and country. You've got to honor your duty, come what may. And the problem is too many of us have backed down. And we've said, hey, look, I've got to back down here. I've I've got to step back because I can't lose my job. I can't lose my friends. And then what happens? You find yourself looking at yourself in the mirror saying, who in the world am I? Who am I? Who in the world am I? I? I don't, I, you get so far down the road. I know somebody real, real well is a, a very proud second amendment guy. I mean, really, uh, super into guns has a humongous collection, a very admirable collection of guns, you know, and, and, and the accoutrement of the second amendment. And yet he voted the first time for Barack Hussein Obama. He said, he's not going to, he said, he's not going to take away my guns. He said, he's not. And then he tried and he tried and he tried and he tried to take the guns. Second time around, he said, I'm not voting for that guy. That guy's a criminal. He's getting locked up. It's amazing how time will educate us sometimes. I absolutely believe there is a staged coup against the president of the United States, the 45th president of the United States, Donner. Let, let me tell t- it, it goes even this far. All the left supposed to be so soft and fluffy and so nice. CNN, MSNBC, uh, uh, all these others poking fun at an 11 year old boy, a six foot tall, 11 year old boy named Baron Trump, the son of president and Mrs. Trump, Melania Trump. He's tall. He's gawky. He's very, very smart. By the way, don't believe the hype. He's extremely intelligent. I happen to know the the Secret Service agents that cover him, and they say this kid's blazingly intelligent and as sweet and as respectful as the day is long, as is Melania. He speaks multiple languages in addition to English. So does Melania. Five languages. I do well sometimes to speak one. The left has the unmitigated gall to poke fun at Baron Trump, when he was coming down the steps of the aircraft the other day, when only the front of his dress shirt and he had on a tie and a suit, his dad's tie, his dad's shirts and his dad's suit, the Trump, Trump brand, because he loves to look like his dad, because he loves his dad. He admires his father. And the back of the shirt was untucked. And you'd think that he was crushing kitten skulls in the middle of the road. The little boy, you don't tell me that there's a coup and that the press is not heavily involved to pick on a little boy like this, to pick on a woman from uh, Slovenia, uh, Melania Trump, who, who, by all intents and purposes, has been an extraordinary success. They poke fun at Ivanka Trump, who is a very successful businesswoman, a very successful mom, a very successful wife. You said, well, she's liberal she's liberal. So what? Well, Jared Kushner, he's liberal. Well, first of all, I don't think we're defining liberal. You keep saying that word. I don't think we're defining it the same way. There are many, many of our values that we share. And the fact of the matter is people keep describing President Trump as some sort of dictator, and yet his family, who he treasures and values and honors and trusts the most, they don't always agree with him. They don't always agree. Somehow or another, he's supposed to be some sort of dictator, and yet he has people around him. Not for nothing, but the, some of the highest levels of people in his companies are women. Some of the highest paid people in his and, and most influential people, in his, they're women. And yet the press makes fun of them. Oh, absolutely. There's a stage coup against President Trump and it's been it's been in the works for a long time. And you see they didn't ratchet it up right away because they thought there's no way this guy's going to win. I'll be truthful with you, I didn't think so either. But you know what in retrospect, nothing against my guy Ted Cruz. I thought Ted was probably the the better the better choice at that time, but now as I look back, oh my goodness, folks, nobody has what it takes to fight these people face to face like President Trump. Nobody does. Nobody, listen, uh, you know, they want to, they want to impeach him. They want to, uh, they want to start all kinds of proceedings. They want to banny those words about, they know there's no basis to it. Come on. They know it. They just know if they say it in front of a microphone and a camera, some folks on the right will start to go, Oh guys, Oh, I don't know this. I don't know. I want to support him, but I don't know. My friends, you go ahead. And bump him out. I got four words for you. Vice President Mike Pence, bring it on. Bring it on. We're not afraid of you. Bring it on. I don't think you're going to knock Trump out. I don't think you are. I really, I really don't. And I'll tell you why I don't think you're going to knock Trump out. The reason I will tell you, you're not going to Trump out, knock Trump out. See, he he's, he's been up against a whole lot of tougher people than you. The people behind this coup, Helen Lanning asked, do you think there's a stage coup against president Trump? If so, by who? I, th- I think it's by a whole lot of people on the left and a whole lot of people on the right, the establishment, right? Let me tell you something, people coming out and slamming president Trump and, co- and constantly undermining him. Get them out. If they are on the right, get them out. Get them out because they have stepped into the line of fire. They have exposed themselves as traitors because the same word, traitor, is tantamount to establishment Republican. Traitor. You have no honor, you have no truth, you only want power, you only want influence. Power and influence, that's all you want. I've got a newsflash for you. You knock out our guy, our president, the 45th president of the United States of America, and guess what? You're going to have Mike Pence to deal with. And believe you me, they are looking for everything under the sun, dirt they can possibly make up. Our vice president... And, and I'm going to tell you something. They're looking hard. And they are still looking. They're wasting so much time. Look at what they did. Look at what he did with Sarah Palin. 127 lawyers they send up to Alaska. Now, Seth, you don't hear the whole rest of the story, but many of them, it was too difficult for them. Alaska was just too difficult for them. They, they had to go. They said, man, I look, I want to help undermine this, this uh, candidate for vice president, but I can't be up here. This is too hard up here. They went running home with their tails tucked between their legs, but that's all they were there for. Over 500 lawsuits filed against her. Most of them thrown out when it comes time, but dragged out long enough so that they can say, "Look, the woman's getting sued by over 500 people." I mean, look, one lawsuit maybe. This is the same rationale when people say, "Well, so and so is being sued for sexual harassment, or or uh, whatever." I mean, whatever you pick. Up. I'm not saying people that, that are accused of it aren't guilty of it. I'm absolutely. But that in and of itself, the the number of accusers has nothing to do with whether the accusation in and of itself is truthful. So they're going to accuse President Trump of many, many things. Quite frankly, they're accusing him now of treason, and I flipped that. I flipped that. Welcome to Alaska. It's funny. I was just talking about Alaska, and Alaska pops up. Welcome to uh, Anchorage. My friends, I've got to tell you something. They're throwing these words around, and they are the creators and the purveyors of treason. They are doing it. The president says, man, I'd like to do all these things, and I'm trying to do all these things. I just never realized it was this dirty here. I never realized that these people were this bad. What a disgusting mess in Washington, D.C. What an absolutely disgusting mess we have there. And he's the guy in there rooting them out. Look, do I think everything about President Trump is 100% 100 pristine? No, I don't. But you know what? It's not 100% 100 pristine with me either. Not even close. My friend's not even close. And you know what else? I'm not a billionaire. I'm not a millionaire. I'm not a hundred thousandaire. I'm not any of those heirs. Not any of those things. And there's lots, <coughs> lots of skeletons. I was choking on a bone right there, probably a femur. Lots in my closet. I would expect there to be many in President Trump's. And I'll tell you, as hard as they are digging, grinding on him. And, and uh, my buddy from Alaska said, it's horrible. I'm praying for his endurance daily. I'm, I am too. I'm praying for his family. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine every day of your life you hear your father, your husband, your dad, your father-in-law? Having to endure the the I mean the things being said about them, which, listen, let's be honest, they know isn't true. These things are not true. They know they're not true. They know they're a lie. Guy got on there the other day, on Fox, and uh and the lady who used to be on um she used to be on a uh, Little House of the Prairie, a very nice lady, true conservative. Uh, sh- she was moderating the show and the uh. And the, and the, uh, the, the, the ultra liberal guy who, who was the regional director, one of the regional directors for the, um, Hillary Clinton campaign made the statement that, yeah, we, we've, uh, we've been told, uh, from people on the inside that, uh. That every morning, this the the Trump staff has a rah-rah time, and uh, they're forced to yell "Make America Great," "Make America Great," "Make America Great," or some some such like that. And yeah, we know that's going on. And so the uh, it, 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 the the uh, the crazy thing about it is that's simply not true. And so the the moderator says, "Come on." Maybe, what are you doing saying that? You know, what's your source for that? Oh, well, you know, it's people that work there, people that used to work there. Well, who are they? Well, you know, I mean, well, you can't go around saying that. They should have stopped him right there and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down, slam dancer. You can't be saying stuff like that. You know, we're not, we're not going to pur- be purveyors of rumor here on this show. We're not going to do it. That's not what we do. That's not what we do. We're not going to do it, period. They should have stopped him right then and there, saying, unless you're willing to cite your sources, then we'll hold what you're saying in complete contempt. We don't believe you. We don't believe you. And we won't permit you to say those things. Carl Higby, uh, if you look up, he's a, a very famous Navy SEAL, retired, and he he was on, uh, I think it was CNN or MSNBC, who knows, whichever one. And the the uh, the ultra-liberal moderator of this panel uh, that he was on had the temerity, the absolute utter gall to, to uh, make accusations to which uh, Higby, who had given parts of his body and, and many of his friends, to fight for truth and freedom and liberty in this United States. And this liberal punk woman had never given anything in her life. She'd only ever taken. And she had the absolute unmitigated gall to to yell on national television, albeit to a CNN audience, so there was maybe 10, 12 people listening or watching. She had the gall to yell, to get in his face and actually yell at him. Unbelievable. That's who's trying to take over. That's who's trying to. uh, This is who the coup is being perpetrated by. This is who. And it's treason. Listen, you, you, you want to, you want to not like the president? I don't care. Fine, don't like him. I didn't like Barack Hussein Obama. Not even a little bit. He bowed to a Saudi king. He wouldn't reveal his grades. He wouldn't reveal his schooling. Only what we were able to piece together, transcripts, any of these things, his lineage, all of these things. As as Davis said, now taxes we do know. We we see we one of his uh, returns was. Release, But but you know what? And it was, you know, he made 150 million. He paid all these millions of dollars in taxes. A lot of money. He made a lot of money. He paid a lot of money. But I don't really care about his taxes, to be honest with you. I really don't. I've never cared about it. I've never understood what the human cry was. Never, ever, not in a million years. I never have. I just never did care. My goodness, look at the charity. Dave, you're right. Look at the charity. This this His family, does not just him but his family you say well they got it they might as well give it they should hey everybody that says that type of thing i say to myself have you ever had a million dollars have you ever written a hundred thousand dollar check you have a million dollars you're gonna write a hundred thousand dollar check for pete's sake people just because somebody is rich doesn't mean that they have to give you a bunch of stuff look i have a good friend of mine grew up with him. Great, great friend. And he's done very well for himself. He's done very, very well. And one thing I always hated go out with him and, and some of his friends, uh, they always looked at him. Hey, you pay the bill. You're the rich guy. I hate that. I hate it. I don't care that I have two pennies rubbed together and disabled. Doesn't matter to me. Doesn't matter to me that because the person has the money doesn't mean they should always have to pay. And I shouldn't always expect them to pay whether they have the money or not. That is, that is a terrible, terrible expectation of somebody. It's just not right. And you're right, Dave, compared to the Bidens, Clintons, and Obamas for their charitable giving, it is inexcusable. I give more money charitable giving in a year than Biden did. Former vice president Biden did in five years, one year and I'm a hundred percent disabled. This guy's the vice president of the United States of America, and I gave more in one year than he did in five years. You say, well, that might be where the taxes don't show. You know, There's charity. You might have given in cash. Do you think this guy walks around with cash money, folded money in his pocket? No, he doesn't. Do you think he does anything secretly that could be demonstrated to be good or politically expedient? Come on. That's why the taxes business doesn't, doesn't, doesn't bother me. Let me say this, folks. I'm going to say this in closing. Um, the questions were great. Uh, one of the other questions was, if the FBI cleared General Michael Flynn in January, why would President Trump expect Comey to stand down in February? He didn't. That is yet another lie. And, you know, this this conversation where now it's being alleged that President Trump divulged secrets. You've got to be kidding me. But you know what? You've got to be kidding me is not something that you say in court. You can't stand up in court and say, well, you've got to be kidding me with what you're saying right now. I can't believe it. You know, that's not much of a defense. That's not We're not fighting very hard if we are back on our heels like that saying, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. We've got to get off that argument, folks. If we, uh, on the right, as conservatives, are going to fight and win. We've got to stop, 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 stop saying, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Are you kidding me? We've got to take that out of our vernacular to be shocked and surprised that we've got to anticipate what our enemy is going to do. You say, come on, we're not enemies against other Americans. Oh, we absolutely are. We absolutely are. They're, they're not out there for the good of America. They don't even know what America is. And they don't care. people have asked me where I've stood on O'Reilly. Look, I talked about people accusing people in the more the when the, the accusers surface doesn't mean that there's validity to it. And I, and I absolutely agree with that. I happen to believe the guy is kind of a pig per firsthand experience. I, I don't think much of him. I don't think much of him from a show. I don't think much of him personally or professionally. I don't think he was the conservative icon uh, that he was labeled with. I, I frankly don't think he, he certainly doesn't behave like, One of the folks, he doesn't live like one of the folks. He was the highest paid person on television. Absolutely been the highest paid person on television for a long time. Got to hand it to him. Very successful. Martin Dugard wrote all of his books. He seemed more than willing, O'Reilly seemed more than willing to take all the credit for what Martin Dugard did. You say, well, Martin Dugard, his name was in there in bold on the books, his killing series. You know, I don't want to run the guy down but I've seen how he treats women. I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand, and I've talked to two of the women who are his accusers, and I can tell you they're not about money. All that said, to say this, O'Reilly said, I think President Barack Obama is a good guy. I think he loves America. I don't think he wants, wishes us any harm. I just think ideologically on some things we're just different. I think he's a good guy. The man bowed to a Saudi prince. He bowed at the waist, and he bowed deep and long to the Saudi prince. My friends, or Saudi king, my friends, that is absolutely an indication of subservience. Not just him personally, but we as a country, because when he's there, he represents us. You'll not see President Trump bowing to any Saudi king, he's headed over there now. You'll not see any of that. Let me say this really quickly regarding Erdogan: uh, the uh, the recent the fight outside of um, outside of the uh, the the uh, Turkish uh, administration or Turkish residents, the uh, Turkish ambassador residents. Those people that did that should be rounded up. Diplomatic immunity be damned. And, and they did those terrible things on that video and they should be beaten and they should be summarily kicked out of this country with no respect. Out you go, be prosecuted, make them pay and send them out. We don't operate that way. They may do that in, in Turkey, but we don't operate that way. Only two people arrested. You've got to be kidding me. And while we're on it, that's silly. Watch the video. Watch the, it's on my Facebook the facebook.com backslash SM greener, watch it there. You go there, you will see the video. I've posted the video like three times a day. The Washington DC police officers are there and they're, they're slinging their little asps, their extendable batons and having no impact on these men that are doing this, beating on women, beating on kicking people in the head that are already unconscious, stomping on their testicles. All of these things, these are protesters outside They're Curtis protesters. Uh, protesting outside the the residence of the ambassador. They're on the sidewalk. They're in public area. And his security team went out and beat the crap out of those people right in front of the police. And the police are swinging their little pretend deal. Come on. You ought to be embarrassed. Some heads ought to have been split, and those people should have ended up on the ground, blood pouring out of their head. You don't beat on American citizens like that. Not here you don't. Not here you don't. But the left is saying, see, Trump caused this. Trump didn't cause anything. Trump didn't cause a thing. He had rallies where, where where stadiums were filled full of people over and over and over. And people that stood in line from five o'clock in the morning, one from 1.30 in the morning, went to five different uh, events, Trump events and and. That's how much they believe. You say, well, they must be crazy. Really, it's got a lot of, the deplorables must really be crazy. Must be an awful lot of deplorables out there. They're all so crazy. That's you and I, folks. Now they're blaming President Trump for the violence that happened out in front of the, the Turkish uh, ambassador's residence. Newsflash, my friends. Trump didn't have anything to do with that. You say, well, why do you invite him here? We know he's a terrible guy. Because that's the job of a president, is to negotiate and to help m- America be a safer, more profitable, more prosperous Place. And I'll tell you this too. Ain't nobody since Reagan stood up for our Christian, Jewish, and Catholic faiths, our Protestant faiths, and our Jewish faith like this president has. Ain't nobody stood up for our Second Amendment rights since Reagan like this president has. Everybody else has talked a bunch of smack about they love America, bring back American values. But when it comes time to do it, they don't do it. They don't even try. This president got in the batter's box and started swinging. I'm here to tell you, I like the guy. Every day, I like him more. The more crap that comes out that these terrible anti-American, treasonous leftists from either inside the government, elected or unelected, the treasonous media, the coup, the purveyors of, of the coup, the more they say, the better I like President Trump. I'm sick to death of it. I'm sick to death of it. Get on your email, your 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 letter writing, your in-person trips to your representatives, and get in their face. Don't threaten them, but tell them point blank, you better become the resistance. You had better become the resistance because I'm telling you right now, you keep going and saying the stupid stuff that you're saying. I am going to have to conclude that you are unfit for office, and I will personally lead impeachment proceedings against you, because you are anti-American. I, for one, am an American that will not stand for your foolishness. Absolutely not. Remember our partners today. Remember Gold Star Families, active duty military, and veterans. Remember our new partnership with uh, Dave Partridge and Commercial Realty in and around Philadelphia, all the way out, really across the country. Remember to go to our website, TheNinjaPastor.com. Look in the bottom, Second Call Defense. If you own a gun or you carry a gun, don't go anywhere without it. I wouldn't. Go to my Facebook. Look at my Hilo LX presentation. Absolutely amazing. I show you right on the the, uh, Facebook Live I just did. And TheLogOx.com. TheLogOx.com. Go there. Put The Ninja Pastor in the checkout. If you cut wood, this is something you need to have, the three-in-one tool. $25 off. By the way, second call defense, if you put in, if you click on there on my website or you tell them it's from the Ninja Pastor, you get a month free. Thank you for joining me today. I'm honored to have you. I know you could be doing any number of things, but you chose to be with me today. And that means a lot to me. Doesn't mean a lot. It means everything. God bless you and God bless America.